All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I've had a few people inquire about some John Scott swag or gear, whatever you want to call it. Well, we have come through with your demands. We have some Drop in the Gloves podcast shirts and hats and toques and cups, and we also have some John Scott, just this sweet little logo stuff, some hoodies, some mugs, some beanies, whatever you call them, wherever you're from in the country or world. So check it out, johnscottallstar.com slash shop, or just go to my website, johnscottallstar.com, and Look at all the stuff and buy some stuff. It's uh, it's good gear. Money goes all to me, which is great. So hopefully you like it. Bonjour, mon ami. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with yours truly, John Scott. We are flying solo today. Well, Larry's here, but he doesn't talk. Hey, Larry. We, we lost Tim and John. They're off doing whatever it is they do when they're not here. So it's just me, the big guy. It was a pretty eventful week, the trade deadline. I had some issues back home. I did a little trip home to Canada to see the family and do another charity hockey tournament. So we got a lot to deal with. Let's dive right in. In. So first things first, this past weekend, I was in my, my old stomping grounds of St. Catharines, Ontario. I was raised there. I was born in Edmonton, raised in St. Catharines. And it was nice to go home. I was there for, um, it's called the Hotel Dew Shaver Hockey Tournament. I'm sure I butchered the name somehow. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a huge event. It was unreal. They had 18 former pros. We had this massive conference room, like, stocked full of people. There must've been 200 and some people in there. There was 18 teams, like I said, and the hotel do shaver. They put on one of the nicest spreads I've ever seen for one of these charity events, the food, the drinks, the atmosphere. It was uh, it was a one. And I was proud because it was right in my backyard of St. Catharines. So anyways, I got there. It was nice to see my family. I don't get to see them too often. And we go to the event. My brother and my dad are kind of right beside me. They think like they're Bobby big wheel. Cause I'm taking them around and, the first room we go into is the VIP room with all the players. And being it's in St. Catharines, which is very close to Toronto, there was just a ton of ex-Leafs in there. And my brother and my dad were just like kids in a candy shop. There was, uh, who was there? Uh, Darcy Tucker was there. Doug Gilmore was there. Mike Crucial Niski, Al Iafrady. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting so many guys here. But there's just a ton of ex-Leafs. And they just had the time of their life. It was a good event. Nothing too crazy. Um, obviously, there was a, a couple guys who stayed a little bit past curfew and almost missed their games and, you know, maybe were overserved a little bit at the event. But that happens kind of when, when the boys get together like that. I was well-behaved as usual. 
I had my, my parents there and my kids came with me. So we were staying at the hotel where the event was held. We did some swimming. We did some eating. We did some visiting. And it was a all in all a good weekend. So cheers and thank you to everybody out there. It was a, it was a great event. If you're in the area next year, check it out. I'll hopefully be back captaining one of the teams. I was the first overall pick. Take that, Doug Gilmore. That was a big upset. I thought Dougie was going to get it, but I took it home. Anyways, that being said, I came home, and the next big thing was the deadline. The day everyone dreads. I touched on it last week. Every player has it circled on their calendar. The three or four days before, it's the doomsday. The bad teams in the league, they've started this trend of purposely sitting guys out games before the trade deadline so they don't get hurt. They don't let them practice. They don't let them play. They wrap them in bubble wrap and make them stay in their room so they don't hurt themselves, which I get it. They're trying to protect their investment, but I think it's pretty silly. I, I don't understand that. I don't like it, but GMs these days, they don't want to, they just see them as picks and prospects and they don't want to ruin their chance to improve their team down the line. So whatever, if you're going to sit out Wayne Simmons or Mark Stone or Duchesne or whoever other players sat out before the deadline, go for it. They're your property. I know the guys get pissed off because they just want to play and, they don't want to get traded at the end of the day. Nobody likes getting traded unless you're playing in a dump like, hmm, where would you want to get traded from? Let's see. There's a few I can – Ottawa. We'll just go with Ottawa. Everybody hates Ottawa. But anyways, so I'm just going to do a rundown. I, there was a not a lot of trades happening at the deadline. Then all of a sudden, the last half an hour was just like a bonanza, a fire sale. Everybody must go. There was like 10 or 15 trades in the last hour, it seemed, or half an hour, it seemed like. And there was some big, big blockbusters. So I don't want to waste everyone's time. I heard, I bet everyone like myself has just been inundated with just relentless examinations of every trade, who won, who lost, why they won, what's going on. Like this team should have done this. They should have offered more. They got swindled, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to give you my honest opinion of every single trade that went down on February 25th. I don't care if it was an AHL guy for a bag of pucks, or if it was Mark Stone for whatever he got traded for. We'll find out. Some trades I haven't even looked at. I'm just going to run down the list. I'm looking at my phone right now because I don't know half the trades that happen. I know the big ones, but there's some that go through. Like someone told me McQuaid got traded. I didn't know he got traded. I don't even know where he went, but we'll find out in two minutes. So, all right, here we go. The first trade, the Panthers acquired Sebastian Dia from the Penguins for Chris Weidman. <laughs> wow. Penguins fleeced him. Sebastian Dia is a joke. Just kidding. I don't know who the kid is. Leafs acquired Nick Patan from the Jets. Nick Patan's a strange case. He was so good in the World Juniors. I don't think he really had the opportunity in Winnipeg. I don't know if he's going to have the opportunity with the Leafs. We'll see. He showed a lot of skill at the World Juniors. I don't know who Parr Lindholm is. He's got a pretty cool first name, Parr, if you're a golfer. It's not bad. The Jets were not done that day. They acquired Bogdan Kielevich from the Panthers in exchange for a seventh-round pick. My guess, that guy doesn't even come close to the NHL because anybody who gets dealt for a seventh-round pick usually doesn't have a chance to make it. I was traded for a fifth-round pick, just in case anybody's wondering. So you can just stop all the questions right there. The Winnipeg Jets were still not done. Holy moly. Shovel Dayoff was active. They got Nathan Beaulieu from the Sabres in exchange for a sixth, a sixth rounder for Beaulieu. That means I'm better than he is because I was traded for a fifth rounder. And I actually like that trade. They got a little, a lot of depth, 
on their D end. They need, they have some injuries. I know Bufflin's been hurt. Myers been banged up and all those guys are kind of injured. All like, it seems like every, every week, one of their top guys goes down. So it's good to have some depth. Boy, is a guy who can step in and out. He can play the power play. Nice move by the Jets. Uh, the Penguins got Eric Goodbranson. I saw this and they traded him for Tanner Pearson. It's a weird move for Vancouver. Oh, no, excuse me, for the Penguins. They already have Jack Johnson, who struggles, and he is a one-dimensional guy, big player, plays the D, like the 5-6 point. Like, he's he's not going to get you points. He's just a heavy, heavy D-man, plays like the hard menace, blocks the shots, but he's terrible with the puck. He's slow. The game has kind of passed him by. And then they go out and get almost his clone, but just the opposite hand. I think Good Branson plays right. Jack Johnson plays left. I don't understand that move from the Penguins. If they would have just kept Alexiak, I, I don't understand what they're doing there. They're giving up Tanner Pearson, who's a good little forward. The Jets were not done. Holy moly, they trade for my buddy, Matt Hendricks, from the Wild for a seventh-round pick. Sorry, Hendo, I just said seventh-rounders don't see the NHL. Maybe next year. Uh, but, no, Hendo's a good face-off guy, good on the kill. He'll he'll get some time, especially in the playoffs when you get, need those hard minutes. you got to kill the penalties. He's the guy you want on the ice in the last minute of the game. Good pickup from the Jets. Minnesota, I don't, what are you doing? Bruins acquire Marcus Johansson from the Devils for a second and fourth. Johansson, his best years were behind him. Hopefully he can turn around in Bruins. I like that pickup from the Bruins. You know, good third-line guy, hopefully. He'll, He'll produce for them. Ooh, a big one here. The Predators get Wayne Simmons. And I think the Flyers got absolutely fleeced on this trade. I know Ryan Hartman's a good good little player. He's no Wayne Simmons. And a trade like this baffles me. Why would you trade arguably one of the best power forwards in the game for Hartman? He's a third, fourth line guy and a fourth round pick, which amounts to nothing because it's a Nashville Predators fourth round pick. So it's essentially uh, almost a fifth round pick. Wayne Simmons, premier power forward. A guy gets 30 goals a game or year, no problem. Goes in the corners, plays in front of the net, does the tough things, tough as can be, fights. I just don't get it. Why not try to sign him in the offseason unless he has come out and specifically said, which I haven't seen, that I don't want to come back to Philly. Or if you don't think he's going to be your guy, trade him last year. Get some value for him. Get a first rounder because he's definitely worth more than a fourth and a Hartman. It's just such a bizarre, bizarre trade. I I don't know. I don't know what the Flyers were doing. I know teams kind of Knew they were looking to move Simmons, so maybe they took advantage of him, but I don't know. It, sometimes a GM just it boggles my mind. Why not just keep him and make a run at the playoffs? You're right there. Just just try to make a run instead of just giving away for nothing. Like Hartman will be a serviceable player, but he's not going to win you anything. Just make a run with Simmons. Like the fans didn't want him to go. I saw like his emotional farewell after the game speech, and like it was heartbreaking. The guy doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay. Just figure it out. You don't, those players don't come along that often. And it looks like he has an attachment to the city. Maybe they'll sign him again in the off season when he's a free agent, who knows, but I wasn't really a fan of that move. Moving on Vegas, Golden Golden Knights. They've done this every year. Last year they went out and they got, who'd they get? Pacioretty or Stasny? I can't remember. They went out and got a big name. They're doing it again this year. They got Mark Stone from Ottawa for this D man, Eric Brandstorm supposed to be the real deal. So if that, prospect pans out good on Ottawa but man did Ottawa really clear house and I, I saw one picture of their cup run team from two years ago 
and they have just cleaned the cupboards of everybody on that team. It's amazing. I think there's only five guys left from that team that made a run at the cup, and it's just crazy that they've just cleaned house. That organization is a mess. The owner, like I've said before, is a disaster. I don't know what's happening over there. If you're, if you're planting your flag and your prospects on Barakowski and um, Smith and CeCe and those guys, like, what are you doing, Ottawa? Get your act together. All right, Predators acquire, Mike, acquire Michael Granlund in exchange for Kevin Fiala. Good trade. You know, one up. You never, you don't usually see that anymore. One for one. Granlin's a good little player. He's a skilled player, makes plays, doesn't really get the the grind out like Fiala did, but I like that trade for Nashville. Gets another skill guy in the lineup, which they need. All right, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start jumping over ones. I don't care. LA Kings, Oscar Fentonberg, whatever. All right, Adam McQuaid. Got him from the Rangers for a fourth and seventh rounder. I like this pickup from Columbus. Adds a little grit. McQuaid's one of those defensemen who, like Good Branson, struggles sometimes with the puck, but I think McQuaid's a little more responsible with the puck. I like his game better, and he's just an overall tougher player. I, I, I like that trade a lot from Columbus. They really, going into this deadline, I thought they were going to jump ship and try to reload for next year, but they surprised me, and I think they surprised everybody, where they just went, you know what, we're going for it. Let's do it. Let's just go all in this year. And I love that. The GM is putting his chips on the table. He said, listen, I know we're going to lose Panarin. Bobrovsky doesn't really want to be there. He's told me. We're going to go out. We're going to get the two arguably top forwards that are there available for the, the deadline. And we're going to go out and get McQuaid. What do you think of me now? Their top two, three lines can match up against any lines in the league. I like Columbus. I still don't think they're going to make it out of the East with Tampa Bay there. That's just a juggernaut of the Lightnings. But you got to give him some props for going for it. Not many GMs, because he's putting his job on the line, basically. He's saying, I'm going for it. If I mess up, my bad. I got these expiring contracts. I know Dezingo wants to return there. Duchesne, who knows where his head's at. He's always kind of a space cadet where he's just jumping around everywhere. He, he just put it on the line. He said, this is it. This is my year. We've kind of been floating around for years where we're good. We're really good. We're kind of good. We're going for it. Let's do it. I love it. We'll see. how. I hope they win. I hate the coach, but I like the players. Tortorella, you know, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. He rubbed me the wrong way. But, you know, I, I, hope, the, I hope they do good. I would love it if they won. Then that would just show other GMs, you know what? Boom, let's go for it. Let's make a move. If we're the Philadelphia Flyers, let's not trade Wade Simmons. Let's let's go and get assets. Try to make a push. So, hey, more power to you, Columbus. I love it. All right, we got Thomas Jerko. He went to the Hurricanes. That was He's a good player. I heard he's a jerk, though. Oh, what's up? What nothing. All right, what were the other big ones? Let's see. Stone to Vegas, I touched on that. Uh, the Bruins got Coyle before the deadline, which was, I don't know. Like, to give up Donato for Coyle, Coyle really hasn't done much. He's a big body. The reason I know him is because he got traded for the Burns. He was the big chip coming to Minnesota from San Jose, and everybody thought he was going to be the next big power forward, big, strong, Milan Lucic-style player, but just didn't really pan out, I think. And so, who knows? Maybe in Boston, that's more suited for his style of the bruising type of play that their coach plays. Who knows? I hope he does well. I hate Boston, but whatever. I like Donato a little bit better than Coyle. Um, Broussard to Colorado. I like that. That's a good trade. Nyquist to San Jose. I think this might be the the pickup that the Sharks needed to put them over the top. 
like Columbus, they now have three or four solid lines that can just roll them out. There's no weakness. There's obviously stronger guys up and down the lineup, but they can just roll out four solid lines and six defensemen. I like San Jose in the West. I like Winnipeg in the West. It's going to be interesting who comes out of that side because they're just so strong, both teams. And it, I think it might come down to injuries. Who knows? San Jose's obviously got the experience with Jumbo and Pavs, and I'm partial to them, but I have been picking Winnipeg all year long, so we'll see. Uh, another one of my buddies, Zuccarello, me and him got along with the Rangers pretty, pretty solid. He went to Dallas, and then all of a sudden he breaks his hand. I like that pickup by Dallas. Zuccarello is one of these guys who's so underrated, and he just does everything good for his size. And he just doesn't get the props that he deserves. I remember going to the Rangers prior to the deadline. They were on a cup run, and we were doing skates at the end of the practice, and I was skating with Zooks, and I was like, why are you not playing? It's so bizarre. And he's like, I don't know. Coach doesn't like me. And I skated that whole playoffs with Zooks, and I, I, that was Tortorella coach. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't understand it. This guy is a world-class player. His hands and like just hockey skill, mentality, hockey smarts are through the roof. And he's got him like skating with plugs like me with the black aces. I, I just don't get it. So winners and losers. Um, I think we're all losers for having to deal with this for the last three weeks. I kind of got pissed off about it and I didn't really like it. And now that I do the podcast, I have to keep up with it. But every day I'm just like, Oh my gosh, just trade them, please. It drives me nuts. Like, Oh, where's stone going to go? Where's Simmons going to go? I hated it. I can't stand it. It's like, just do it already. Stop holding everyone hostage NHL. So anyways, whatever trade deadlines over, let's get on with the regular season. I still think my picks are intact. Who'd I pick Tampa Bay and Winnipeg. I still think, both those teams have a shot. Like I said, San Jose has really changed up their their cards. And same with Nashville and Columbus. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting playoffs. Enough of that talk now. Let's talk about me, what I'm doing. My daughter almost died. She just can't. Well, almost. She could have bled out. Yesterday, two days ago, I was taking my big girls to ski lessons. I get a call from my wife who is absolutely frantic. I'm like, what is going on, honey? She said, <gasps> the call, mind you, was 11 seconds long. I answer the phone. My wife, ah, ah, John, ah, Estelle cut her head. Get home now. Click. I'm like, what? What? And so I immediately pull a 180. As we, we say, we pull a shitty, whip a shitty, start speeding home. And she calls me again as I'm halfway home. I was like five minutes out. And she goes, oh, my God. Okay, um, you need to get home. We need to get home now. I don't know what to do. Click. Hangs up the phone again. I'm like, what is going on? My big girls are in the back seat, just like, what is happening? Like, what's going on, Dad? Because my, my wife was on speaker. And I'm just like, I don't know. We're going to go home. We are going to figure this out. I walk in the door. My daughter has a, no kidding you, five millimeter cut on her forehead, maybe six millimeter cut on her forehead, fairly deep. I'll give her that, but not, did not need the reaction that I got of her head might fall off. Your daughter's dying, screaming at me. And then the immediate hang up to just let my imagination run wild where I'm driving 75 miles 
down the road on an icy road with my kids in the back seat, thinking my daughter's two minutes away from bleeding out and dying. So I come in and everybody's calm. She's like, oh, you know, it's actually fine. I'm like, what is happening? You can go back to skiing. It's fine. I'm like, what? So we figured it out. Poor little Estelle went to our friend who that's the amazing thing about moms and wives. I was like, okay, take her to the emergency room. Let's get this figured out. My, my wife's like, okay. So she was on her way there and she must've called her friend on the way. And I don't know about you guys, but in Traverse city, there's like the mom mafia, I call it where all the moms, they like run this town and they make stuff happen. So on the way from our place to the hospital, which is no more than seven, eight minute drive, my wife had talked to a few different people, had discovered that there was a face reconstructive surgeon who that's her specialty is dealing with faces, who's a mom and a mom friend and everybody knows her. My mom had got her on the phone somehow and was on her way to her office where she had just closed up and now she was going to get the VIP service to get my daughter stitched up by this like professional plastic surgeon. And I was unaware of this the whole time until I got a text like 20 minutes later. Hold on. I got to breathe. Oh my gosh. I need to get my nose. It's the worst. So I was unaware of this. I'm at the skiing lesson. I'm just kind of, you know, watching my girls buzz around the, around the mountain. And I get a text 20 minutes later saying, Oh, Estelle's doing great. She got four stitches. We're all done. I'm like, what? So I was expecting the ER where you go in, you sit down. There's a guy who, Broke his leg, you know, got shot, this and that. You're, you're like 10th in line where you're going to be there all night. No, she was out the door. She was going to get ice cream because it was that quick. And I was just like, man, oh, man, the moms run this town. It's amazing. So if you're not married, I suggest you do get married. If you are married, just tell your wife to just get connected with the moms because they honestly... It's crazy. They can make stuff happen. It's amazing. Like in a matter, like the whole ordeal from cut to stitches was no more than 40 minutes. And it, I was just like blown away because I've had longer waits at the hockey rink when I got cut and there was a doctor there where his sole job was to stitch me up because he had to walk around the whole rink over to my side and he's got to talk to everybody, the Zamboni guys, the security, the mascot probably. And then he saunters over to me and then he stitches me up. So kudos to the moms out there. Unbelievable. And my wife listens to this podcast sometimes. So Danielle, let's take it easy on the calls. You almost gave me a heart attack and I almost got in four accidents on the way. So yes, that was definitely an eventful few hours, but my daughter's doing well. The four stitches look terrific and she will hopefully make a full recovery and be able to walk in a few weeks, I hope, because that was traumatic for everyone involved. But anyways, um, it's been weird by myself. I wish I could say I enjoyed it. It's weird talking to... Larry or a microphone. I don't, I don't, uh, hopefully next week my compadres will be back. Even if they're just here to make stupid comments, they really do make a big difference. But anyways, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I don't know. This podcast thing might work out. I, I enjoy doing it. Hope you enjoyed listening, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Bon, uh, au revoir. <laughs>
I've had a few people inquire about some John Scott swag or gear. We have some Drop in the Gloves podcast shirts and hats and toques and cups, and we also have some John Scott, just this sweet little logo stuff, some hoodies, some mugs, some beanies, whatever you call them, wherever you're from in the country or world. So check it out, johnscottallstar.com slash shop, or just go to my website, johnscottallstar.com, and look at all the stuff and buy some stuff. So hopefully you like it. <laughs> 